You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlic. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and their business journey, including their top tips, especially for you. But not only that, you'll hear their inspirational stories too, the real authentic version, because life and business is actually a roller coaster. I'm the founder of Woman Who, and I help you to power up your personal brand and get visible. I teach you the simple steps to get where you want to be. I help you to find your story and create the opportunities for you to share it confidently on stage, in print, and in other media. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you so that you can achieve in the future. I'll be sharing my knowledge, insights and stories too. Enjoy this week's podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, get your podcast onto Grow Radio and check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills. So head over to growradio.uk today. Welcome to Woman Who Chat and today I'm chatting with Sarah Sarkis of Mulberry Design and we're going to be chatting today all about websites but before we come on to that Sarah tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing today. Morning Sandra it's lovely to see you. Gosh my journey started so long ago I remember sitting at the back of the class in Mr McInerney's class in fourth year at primary school and we were doing programming and I was like you know my whole world lit up and I remember telling Mr. McInerney after that first class that this is what I was going to be doing. I was going to be a computer programmer. Fast forward a few years, my mum bought me a ZX Spectrum. I was there, you know, writing my own programs and it just went from there. So I felt like I was always destined, you know, to kind of be doing what I'm doing now. And before I started Mulberry Design, before I started my own business 10 years ago, I worked in London for big telcos and investment banks building internal solutions that had intranets that had web front ends. So when someone introduced me to WordPress, a friend of mine wanted help. I literally had the light bulb moment because I wanted something more flexible. I was commuting every day and it was a job I loved, but I really needed more flexibility. So when she introduced me to WordPress, I had that light bulb moment again, like in Mr. McInerney's class, where I went, oh, I totally get how this works. Like, I love this. It combines that technical with the creativity, which is what I love about web. Yeah, and I've never really looked back from there. And, you know, 10 years later, I'm still going. (laughs) Well, you know, and it's not a traditional job for a young person. I mean, you talk about being in Mm. school and the computer programming. Most women weren't naturally channeled into tech, to computers, so was it just the whole class was getting the same content and Mm. hit that moment with you were you encouraged or were you told it's so interesting isn't it I think Mr McInerney was so progressive if you think back you know this is the early 80s Mr McInerney was like awesome do it 
And yet my barriers only really started when I went to secondary school and I went to an all girls school and my school made it impossible for me to do computer science. So I didn't actually take computer science. So when I went to uni, I did biochemistry, but I just kept coming back to it. And I remember saying to my, my tutor at the time, I really want to do a web project. You know, how can I dovetail this desire for technology with the knowledge, the scientific knowledge I had? And that's really where, that's where I built my first website. I was 20 and did that as part of my dissertation. And I entered this whole male dominated world really with Mr. McInerney on my shoulder championing me. I never questioned it. I never questioned myself. I just lurched myself into it. And actually what I found was that it was great to be mint chop chip in this world of vanilla, to think differently, you know, to think differently from all the lads in the lab, to approach things in a different way. So I think I've questioned it more as I've got older than I did then. I was just cracking on with this belief. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I loved. Mr. McInerney thought I could do it, so I did. <laughs> oh, three cheers, Mr. McInerney. I know. Is he still teaching? Is he still inspiring people? Oh, gosh. No, he's passed away now. But honestly, what a great man he was. And yeah, it was for everyone in the class. And that I just ran with that idea. What a great legacy, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it just takes that one person to believe in yeah. us, to, to drive us yeah. forward. You know, like you went to an all girls school and every time I told them what I wanted to do or whatever, I was squashed right down. Well, you know, you can't do that. When you're told mm-hmm. you can't do something, you believe them and you, it just you go on a different path. But yeah, always come around to do what you, you know, inevitably want and probably shouldn't be doing at some point. I think I'm a don't tell me no person as well. I think nothing motivates me more than someone going no. And I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you will do, we'll do that thanks yeah yeah so and I remember when I first met you I think it was probably at the start of Mulberry Design yeah, it was yeah on a business startup program yeah Chamber of Commerce and you know I remember listening to you and thinking wow you know she really knows her stuff I could never do that but then I shouldn't because the thing is, in business and when you start in business, you have to be the master of all trades. Mm. And it might be a while before you get your website, but actually it's best to have it built by a professional, isn't it? I mean, I think it is because you get that foundation. I think if you can work with someone who you like, you trust, you've seen their work, you like their style, and you have that conversation with them that I want you to build me a foundation that I can then carry on with myself you know you can you know it's like having your garden landscape you don't know where to start do you till you have it done they tell you what you need to do and when you need to do it and actually you know it, it looks all right a few years later you know your garden still looks okay and it's that same thing it's that if you can get someone to build you the basics or even show you how to do the basics I think it really kind of you're laying the foundations there for you know because our businesses all grow and change as well don't they then your website's really got a keep going with that it shouldn't really be a static thing it should be something that's living and breathing and changing and if you're a small business owner you need to you need that you need to be in control of it don't you You want to be able to edit your content yourself and you want to be able to change your images but I think if someone can build you that basics that you can then add to I think it just gives you a great starting point because there's so many it's just immense isn't it there's so many places you can go wrong it's baffling you know, it's like walking into John Lewis and trying to pick a wedding outfit. I mean, you know, it, it, there's a billion choices, aren't there? They're all OK. You just can't. You don't know how to start. <laughs> That's why personal shoppers are great. Yeah. 
but you know the thing is I remember my very first website for my very first business it was a solicitor's practice we wanted to book the trend we wanted it read the website designer at the time tried to talk us out of it and said we've done some research most solicitors are blue we said no we want to be red we want to be red we want to stand out and we did and quite a few solicitors copied us after that but I remember sitting there one day and I said to them I want to be able to change my content yeah and I'm going back to gosh early 2000s mid 2000s now and yeah. and they said oh we don't normally let clients edit their content because you know they could break the website and mm. this element of control but that's yeah. completely flipped now hasn't it yeah I think so and I think content management systems like WordPress I mean there's been a few around I think I felt like I backed the right horse now in hindsight but the whole kind of concept is that you know that kind of taking the design away from the content so that people can you know edit their content their images all of that stuff and it's not technical it's not you don't need to be able to code these days to be able to edit your website yourself so you know you can have you know you can build yourself you can self-build of course you can you know, I always encourage people to take advice if they're going to do that but I think being in control of your site yourself I think systems like WordPress really you know work great for that and you know it's a platform that I think is fantastic for small business owners yeah and you know when I mean I edit a lot of my content just because I've my website changes every day google loves that they yeah. love content fresh content yeah but if i had somebody doing that for me full time it would be a full time job because i'm just, literally i just think oh i'll just go in and change that or i'll put that event on or i'll put because i've literally put the whole of woman who on a on the website everything yeah. on the website now why should people drive traffic to their websites gosh lots of reasons really i mean if we think for all of us it's our shop window isn't it it's our chance to talk about our expertise. When you start out, it gives you instant credibility. I mean, right or wrong, we all make a judgment when we arrive at somebody's website. We do it when we arrive at people's homes, don't we? We look at their homes and we instantly think about, you know, the life that they live. And it's the same in our businesses that when we present ourselves in a really professional way and we talk with authority about our, you know, whatever our zone of genius is, people believe us. Now, you know, that works both ways, isn't it? You could have a fabulous website, but, you know, not really be, you know, kind of the stories and might not marry up about the business that you're running. But it is the opportunity to present your business in the best way. You're available all the time. People can browse the information. And it's like that like, no trust thing that people can learn about you, what you do, your ethos, who you've worked for, your style of work, the product that you're selling. And I think all of that builds into that trust element because not everyone who comes and visits or reads about what we do or hears about what we do chooses to work with us immediately, that might come way further down the line. And so, you know, it's a platform also to help you with your, you know, your business tools. So there's lots of things now that integrate in so that people can book a meeting with you. What a massive time saver, you know, putting your events online. So that takes care of all that back office stuff so people can book events. So all that functionality that you can add in. So not just the, this is who we are, who I am, what we do, what we sell. This is the, you know, book a meeting with me, pay for my event, buy my product. All of those kind of functions that we can add in that can really help us as business owners to minimize the time we spend doing those activities so that we can plow all of our efforts into the parts of the business that really need us, that we really love. And I think people miss a trick with that. I see this really commonly. Lots of people have brochure sites and they're great. That's the, this is what I do, who I do it for, where I deliver it. But it's using your website as a tool 
you know, one of the things I encourage people to do is have hidden pages, have pricing pages, have informational pages, have PDFs that people can download that you can send them a link to. And it all drives traffic to your website, which is always good because it boosts our Google rankings, which is a subject for another podcast. <laughs> uh, but all of it is all of it can really help you run your business, but also talk to your customers and whoever your target audience is to talk to them in a voice that, you know, resonates with them. And I think so many websites, you know, if I'm going to buy a product or a service, the first thing I do is try and find the website. Then I'll try and look for the person behind the business because I want to know about them because I'm nosy. But then I look at the photographs Mm. and a lot of people still use stock images. Yeah. I love to see real photos. I love to see the person behind the business. People are, and I, you know, I'm all about visibility and putting yourself out there because people buy from people, as you say, it's about no like, and trust. But are people still nervous about putting their own images on there or are they becoming more confident about that now? I think we all do it, don't we? You know, we're so self-critical about our own images. But I think on your website, imagery is everything. You know, I could show you two identical sites with two different sets of pictures and you would feel very differently. Could be the same content. You'd feel very differently about those two, you know, to those two sites. And one of the, my pet hate is when people use stock images that don't have them in it, you know, groups of people and they're not their people and they're not in that. Don't pick those pictures. <laughs> Because we've all seen them. So, you know, you can be so creative with your pictures. You know, if you want to use stock pictures, think outside the box. I've got a picture of roller skates on mine because that's my strap line is get your skates on. You know, we've got work to do. We're going to have fun. Let's get on with it. Let's do it. You know, it's going to be a bit of a journey. Skates have got nothing to do with web design. I don't have a picture of somebody sat at a desk designing a website. So think outside the box of it if you're going to use stock images. Don't be afraid to, you know, put your face on there. We want to connect. You can't connect. And it's so much easier to connect with someone who's real, I think. You know, that we don't all of a sudden feel like they're beyond us, that yeah, they're too good for us. They're too, you know, whatever it is. Their business is much bigger than mine. How do you know? You know, so... Images kind of give us feelings which we make decisions based on. And so pick images, take images, you know, don't be afraid to put your face out there and choose pictures which are a bit different. You know, go do something totally different. Use illustrations, use a set of illustrations. You know, we don't all have a money tree in the garden, do we? And we think, oh, God, photography is so expensive. Mm. But, you know, I think if you can have a photo shoot and really, you know, milk that photo shoot and really talk to your photographer about what you want, you can actually get some great ones. Take your own, you know, to, you know, teach yourself how to do flat lays, take some desk shots. There's lots of things you can do to avoid that very staid kind of, you know, image choices that are so simple to do, but kind of it's what everyone else is doing. Don't do it. Don't do it, people. <laughs> I'm delighted to announce that the Woman Who Achieves Solopreneur Awards 2023 are open for entry. A solopreneur is a woman in business who works on her own as a sole trader or sole director. All the information you need and the entry form is on the Woman Who website. Celebrate your achievements and enter the Woman Who Achieves Solopreneur Awards 2023 today at womanwho.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. 
about startups because you know yeah. startups you haven't got much money and we both yeah. were, you know were advising on that startup course for the local chamber you know startup businesses when you've just got your idea for your business you know what you want to do you might have been made redundant you might not have mm-hmm. a as you say a money tree and you really can't afford to invest in a website what's your advice for somebody at that stage know they want it in the future can't afford it first of all what would you suggest they did because it there is a big jump from to a website isn't there yeah I mean this sounds really obvious but you really want to think right back at the at that start about what your business name is and what your domain name is going to be you know something you can do for nothing is go and bag all of the social media accounts for free that relate to your business name so mine are all Mulberry Design or Mulberry Web Design and that costs you nothing you can go and do that all by yourself Think really carefully about your domain name, how it relates to your business. Do a search for that and buy it. Even if you're not ready to build a website, buy that domain name. What a nightmare to get like four years down the line and think I'm ready now. You know, I've got some funds. I'm going to have this professional snazzy site built. I've been running the business off Facebook really well. And then it's not there anymore. So buy that domain name and do all the stuff that you can do that isn't related to a website. Get yourself out. You know, I absolutely networked the legs off myself when I started my business. I literally started with £200 that I spent on business cards. My husband gave me an old laptop and I just went to loads of networking meetings. And I didn't have a website at the beginning of any kind of note because I didn't have any portfolio. I'd been working as a web designer in the city, had nothing to show people because, you know, I couldn't share any of that stuff. And so my website was pretty basic at the start. It was just a couple of pages, but I did start on WordPress. So you can start on WordPress for free on wordpress.com for free if you want to, you know, give it a bit of a go. But buy that domain name at the start you know, look at what's out there that you can use. You know, you've got things like Wix and Squarespace, which can be a nice, easy in. I have loads of clients. I did one last year for another lady in the Woman Who Network, whose site had been on Wix for years. And actually, she was really successful. She was a Woman Who finalist and came to me to say, right, I'm ready to move off Wix now. Let's go to WordPress. And actually, since then, we've built her three WordPress websites, which She's just running those herself. So start with something that you know you can afford, buy that domain name, get that sorted and start simple. You know, start simple with just a few pages, a really simple template, a simple website. If you can, you know, you can build it yourself. There's so many resources online. Ask someone else who's done it. You know, how did they do it? How did they approach it? Make friends with a friendly web designer like me who might be willing to give you some advice, even though you're not going to come to work with me. You know, I would do this, you know, and I have people ask me a lot, oh, you know, what shall I do? Shall You know, and I say, buy your domain name, you know, start there and keep it really simple to start with. And you don't need all the bells and whistles at the start. You know, if you're going to build something, you know, you just need something simple you know, you need that Ron Seal statement. This is what I do. This is who I do it for. This is where I do it or where I deliver it. This is my product and service. And this is how you get in touch with me. You know, get yourself that domain, get yourself that professional email address. Don't be using Sarah Sparkles 57 at yahoo.com. Like, you know, it looks so unprofessional, doesn't it? And it's such a cheap thing to do to buy the domain, get yourself an email address. You know, you could be running a million pound business out of a cardboard box with those two things. <laughs> And I, I always advise people, you know, for, from a visibility point of, and future proofing, buy your own name, your own domain name. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, I bought SandraGarlic.com, gosh, decades ago when 
domain names first came out, somebody said, buy your own name. So I did. Yeah. It sat there. It sat there. I bet you that, you know, there's a lot of people out there now would love to buy their own name and it's not available because somebody yeah, else. Especially if you've got a name, which is unusual. I mean, you and I are both in that category that if you search for me, you really only find me. There aren't really any of the Sarasakis, which is amazing from a brand, personal brand point of view. Absolutely. And also domain names are so cheap. I mean, I'm a serial domain name buyer. I've bought all kinds over the years, um, you know, for like eight pounds a year or whatever it costs you that personal brand and I see personal brands coming through more and more now people who've had other businesses I've got one about to go live soon with a good friend of you and I so you'll see that happen and she's moved to her name as her personal brand and I've got another one next week same thing moved totally towards her name as her personal brand and you know it's such a cheap thing to kind of buy isn't it leave it there ticking over for when you're ready I've had my personal domain point into my about page on woman who for years yeah so it's been there. If anybody types it in, it goes straight yeah. through. And it, that's worked for years. Obviously, I'm you know, resurrecting it and doing things with it now. But it's personal brand is people buy into people. Most people mm. search your name, not necessarily your company name. So you need yeah. to associate your, your personal name with your company as, as much as you can. So we've talked about photographs and stock images. We've talked about startups and what to do if you sort of don't know where to go. Sort of using your website make it what are the most popular pages do you think on the website what are the most successful pages that people should be thinking about for use you know when they're de- designing their websites yeah hopefully with you that'd be nice <laughs> what are the crucial ones because you can't overcrowd your website with too yeah many. I mean you've got the classic haven't you you've got the classic full page of the home about services contact but I think the most overlooked page on most websites and I know that from my own website the number one page that gets looked at on mine is my portfolio so I spend a lot of time on my portfolio page if I've done it it is on there with a full description of what it is the you know the business area you when you've built your site, you can install Google Analytics and that's a different subject, but things like that, tools like that give you a bit of insight into what your top pages are. And so, you know, that that is great once you've built your site and you can see what people are looking at. That's where you know you've really got to work hard on those pages. But the home page is key, but it's not the entry point. You know, we feel like everyone arrives on our home page, like we welcome people through our front door, they come in through our front door and they navigate around our homes. Yes. But our websites don't work like that. People don't come in through them. They can come in anywhere. That was a great example you were saying of, you know, your Sandra Garlic domain, people come into the about page. So depending on what people have searched for will depend what page they come into. That home page really has to have that one seal statement. I've said that a couple of times. It's really got to state that, you know, this is what I do. This is who I do it for. That's got to be so clear, hasn't it? Contact pages, I think, are old hat these days. We just don't need them. Why do we need a separate page with a contact form on that nobody uses? You know, you want to get all that contact details on every page in your footer and in your header, you know, because who wants to dig that out? But I think that portfolio page, that case study page for a lot of businesses, it is really key because we're all solving problems for people, aren't we? You know, if you're running an an events-based business, you know, make sure that your events page is prominent. People can find it. There's nothing worse, is there, than we see something on our phones, we're scrolling on Facebook. Oh, that looks good. Or Instagram, terrible. Link below. The link doesn't go anywhere. So what's our next step onto the website? Where's the events page? It's that logical thing that says, oh, 
they run an events-based business, I'm going to go on there or a network, I'm going to go on there, I'm going to try and book that. So think about in your business, what is it you're doing, selling, what service are you offering? Make sure your pages match up with that because that's where we lose people who can be bothered then finding, you know, how finding that thing on Facebook again, how do I really go back and book that? How do I find out that information again? And making sure that everything matches up. You know, I see a lot of people, they spend loads of time on their socials, Everything that they're doing is on their socials. And you're like, this sounds brilliant. I'm going to go and read more. I'm going to go and book and do that. And you get to their website and it's this sad, lonely thing with, you know, dust balls in the corner. <laughs> and that's <laughs> marry up, you know, so you've got to keep it up to date. It's not a static. We said this right at the beginning. You said it's not a static thing. Yeah. It, isn't, it really isn't a static thing. It, you've got to constantly feed it, haven't you? You've got to yeah, constantly input it with new information. I mean, I've got a blog area on my pet in fact my very first website that I built myself through WordPress when I was just starting out was a WordPress site and it was a blog site and mm. it was a blog that I just used to yeah. put up uh, until I could afford to start paying for a proper you know a website so mm. you know, it's, it's quite easy but yeah it's interesting that some people they build these shiny websites they leave it there and then never update it I've gone back yeah. to I've gone on people's websites that you can clearly see they haven't touched since 2019. Yeah, yeah. you've got the blog post, the dated, the classic dated blog post from five years ago. And yeah. actually that person is not out of business. They're probably very busy. They're doing great work. Everyone is raving about them. But their website isn't telling that story. So all these stories need to tie up. And if you're in the in a business, you know, at the moment, you know, I've worked with quite a few coaches this year, kind of, you know, helping them with their online presence. You know, they've got a lot to say and a lot of expertise. And that's where the blog page becomes really key. You don't want to clutter up your website with all of this talking about all these different areas. So that's when your blog is super important. And your blog's important anyway, because it gives you fresh content and something to share on your socials as well. So you've got to really think about the service you're offering, how that ties up with your website, focusing on the pages that are important for you. You know, just because someone else has got a massive portfolio page, well, that, that might not be relevant for your business. Might You know, your blog might need to be living and breathing. So it's that looking at your own business and saying, right, for me, this is what I need. And equipping yourself with the tools that you need. You know, don't say, oh, I can't do it. I'm not technical. You know, we can all learn, can't we, how to do things. And it's learning how to do those key things, isn't it? So if you're doing events or blogging or whatever you're doing, just, you know, there's so much, so many resources now online. I'm like a DIY nut. Everything I learned, I learned off YouTube. And, you know, you know, your website is the same thing. There's a lot of resources out there that can really help you kind of, you know, be able to take control of that yourself. Okay. Well, it's been great chatting to you. I always ask my guests to leave our audience with a top tip or piece of advice. What would yours be? Well, a few years ago on holiday, my family and I, we put our together our Sarkis rules for life. So I'm going to share the first one because it applies to business and everything else, which is don't compare yourself with other people. I say to my kids all the time, comparison is the thief of joy. They're like, oh, again. But it's so true. Don't compare yourself. You know, you know, everyone else might be doing vanilla. You go ahead and you do raspberry ripple, whatever you want. You know, just be yourself, be that best version of yourself and don't compare yourself with other people because nothing good comes from that. So do your own thing, do it well and, you know, be yourself. Okay, that's brilliant. I love that. Saki's rules for life. I can't wait to hear what the other... I'll tell you the second one in person one time because it's got a rude word in it. (laughs) 
that could be a whole other podcast as well. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll pop all your contact details into the show notes, Sarah, so that people can follow up and get more information. Because after this conversation, I'm sure they'll want to find out more and to come to you for their website. So you've shared a lot of knowledge and thank you for that. And it's been great chatting to you. Thanks, Sandra. It was lovely to see you. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week for more inspiration, learning and top tips. In the meantime, visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey or even feature on a future podcast. You can also join the Woman Who Achieves community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. There, you'll get the opportunity to network, find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.